Oh my god, what was that? <laughs> I forgot to mute the computer. <laughs> you know, it's my eternal curse to have someone try to ask for my attention once I get started on something. Um, I think I've talked about this before with my wife, but I feel like it's more me than anything because it's just like it seems like I can I can sit here I can do nothing for a half hour you know stare at a wall and the moment I you know hit the on button on something to do something that I want to do some somebody wants my attention somebody wants to get a hold of me yeah I, I definitely noticed that like when you like when you and I play games together you're you're very focused on you know, doing the things that we're supposed to be doing in game and any kind of extraneous activity matters not. And it's like, well, if my wife calls three times in a row, then it's an issue. But if she calls and then hangs up and just leaves a message or texts me, I'm good to go. But it's not just that. It's also like something about work or something about something completely separate. <laughs> and it tries to tries to take you away from what you want to do. It's it's actually quite funny. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you find my pain amusing. <laughs> well, it's that. But then it's also, it's interesting because, like, when I have told you, uh, I, uh, like, I need to answer this phone call or whatever, I notice in your voice you get a little bit irritated. You're like, we're in the middle of this game. Okay, fine. Just, you know... Or, or sometimes, like, I would have to talk to my kids, and I would mute you, and you or, or, or friends would say, so, Tony, what are you doing? And I wouldn't answer because I'm talking with my family, and then I'll unmute. And you've even uttered these, this, these words to me before, like, bad time to mute right now, Tony. I'm like, well, <laughs> kind of, like, have a family, too, so... Once you get to this point, you understand what I have to go through. You're lucky I'm even here <laughs> right now. The family's just in the way, Tony. <laughs> I'm 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 glad that you uh that you finally put your true feelings about family on the line right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I um I'd say out of everyone in my uh group of people I play friends with, I'm definitely the most competitive. Um, yeah. just that I, I, I really want to win. I want to get whatever goal that we're after. I want to complete it and get the perfect completion for it. Right. Um, and sometimes I can be a bit much for that. And I understand that everyone's got flaws. I'm okay with having a flaw like that. It's not the worst. It's not the best by any means, but it's not the worst thing in the world. So, yeah, it, definitely could be something that's less manageable and less less have to deal with you know but it's fine it's fine we all deal with you because we love you not <laughs> deal with me there we go that's a word <laughs> um but with gaming uh you just got the new dlc for destiny 2 there's also the new map in PUBG. um i've been having an issue with the with the new test server and i don't know if this has happened to you as well but all my settings on the test server are the exact same settings that they are on the real game. But when it comes to uh, aiming, uh, either downsights or ADS or whatever, uh, it is 
very different sensitively speaking and probably overly sensitive. Have you had that issue or am I crazy? Uh, so in order to retain the feeling of the regular, the what do they call it, the live server, um, if you want the same feeling, you're going to have to switch the setting from... Oh, what what is it? It's the aim acceleration. Instead of putting it at zero, you have to put it at one. That's it? That's the only thing. That's all I have to do? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It was so embarrassing because I was at work and... For the for the first time in uh, for the first time in for yeah thank you but no for the for the first time in many many months of like playing this particular game at work I had a crowd of people watching and I had somebody down sights that I uh, was it would be so easy to execute them in the regular game but in this one this test server for whatever reason it just wasn't aiming and the 10 people that were watching were like dude you can't aim worth crap i'm like i know why don't you try aiming right now like i was getting flustered and frustrated and embarrassed like i could totally kill people in this game it's not hard (laughs) but for between does it was zero and the one it was ah I promise I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was saying. Those are the words. Like, I know how to play this game. It's just, this is the test server, the experimental server. And it is experimenting me into embarrassment. (laughs) You know, I've really enjoyed that test server. I've had some really good times. Um, (laughs) We had one moment when we had a four-man crew in a truck driving along through like the wastelands, no roads or anything, just driving through nowhere. And we're coming up on a road that is on a hill, a very sharp hill that goes, you know, sharply up and then sharply back down on the other side. And (laughs) right as we're getting there, this other truck comes careening over the hill. And so we're flying at each other at max speed with no option of pulling away. We hit each other at, that max speed and just this huge explosion kills everyone (laughs) (laughs) like we weren't even mad honestly truly especially the fact that like they died too like no one survived that was the best part is just huge explosion uh what was it eight people dead yeah it was it was awesome that would have been hilarious to be on a completely separate team. Oh, and just watch the, kill, the two. Look at the kill feed. <laughs> like, oh my God. What happened with those eight people? <laughs> it would have been better as if uh, you were nearby and just watched the two cars like slam into each other. You're like, oh, oh well, there's loot for okay. me now. <laughs> <laughs> no complaints oh, here. Oh, that's true. You just go over there, see eight boxes. Like, oh, okay. That was easy. <laughs> Or you just happen upon it, and you're like, "What? What, what happened?" <laughs> so I, um, I, w- I would say the the one saving grace was I was able to get back to the regular game, and, and I landed in the Georgia Pole like as you do, and uh, one of the Magnolia people were like, "Every time I watch this guy play, he gets killed so quick. Like he's he's just." inciting 
conflict between him and I. And it's just, it's created this rift where people are like, oh my God, he's, you know, they're, they're just going back and forth. Like, um, like I, like he keeps on putting me down and I keep on putting him down in this comical kind of disrespect, but with respect kind of way, you know how you just shoot the crap with your friends. You just Mm kind of put them down just for fun. You just diss them. It's one of those things, but with me, a Best Buy employee and like a grid of just random customers, just watching these two grown men argue with each other over a stupid video game. <laughs> and it, and the hilarious thing was he's like, every time I watch this guy play, he kills somebody, but then he gets killed right away. Shortly after that, I killed three people in a row and then, <laughs> and then I, I get into a dossier and everyone's like, Oh, see, he's gotten better. He's much better than you thought. And he's like, yeah, I guess he has. And I said, yeah, I have. And right when I said that the dossier hits this little lip, you know, a lip that you would normally expect to see in a video game, but no, not in PUBG. And it makes my car explode. And I'm like, what the hell was that? <laughs> that was it was and everyone just bursted out laughing and I just like stared at the TV in disbelief. I'm like, all that work for nothing. <laughs> like I got all the guns that I want, all the loot that I want. I killed three people. Like everyone can you know, everyone basically got the show that they wanted and that's how I die. I uh that's so embarrassing. We had a match on the p- test server that a buddy of mine had to jump off of. So we were playing squad, but it became basically a duo and we had nothing like we had nothing to our name. And so we were like, you know what? We're, we're, uh, we're going to treat this serious, but we're going to treat this more of a Rambo round. And (laughs) every time we're like, Hey, there's people in here. They probably have like meds that we need. So we'd push the building and kill three people hey, these guys probably have the armor that we need to push the building, kill another four people. <laughs> Between me and my buddy, we ended with 17 kills. <laughs> yeah, no, you were telling me about that. That That's pretty freaking amazing. Especially for the fact that when you landed, and after after your, your third person left, you're like pretty much almost dead in the water, and you're just going for it just to go for it, but not to... Not to really go for the win, but it's like, huh, we're we're getting a lot closer to the end point than I thought. We might actually get the step done. This is crazy. Yeah, it was it was a blast for sure. So, Quentin, one thing I really do admire about about you, your your, uh, you know, your, uh, I guess your morals and whatnot. I feel like you're a pretty honest person when it comes to you know general everyday things and i've been able to confide in you with a couple of things and it's it's been great to have have someone who is is just honest up and down don't uh, worry folks he's just jealous of my devilishly good looks that's true too but the the question that i have for you is if you found on the on the ground uh, you know, a, a, a couple of $20 bills, would you then return it to like 
the police station or would you just take it as your own or would you just kind of like just leave it there and just not want to deal with the more morale of of uh of picking it up well if i found literally like two twenty dollar bills just sitting somewhere i would ask myself you know is there a way of getting this back to who it who owns or owned it mm-hmm. um cash by itself is fairly hard to figure out who is the proper owner. So that would be my first concern of people just, you know, Hey, is this your 20? Like, is this your $40? Yeah. Of course uh, it sure. is. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> why, why would it not be, you know, that I feel like that would happen almost guaranteed. Uh, so I'd love to return it to the person, but I, you know, I'm realistic. I understand that it's probably not going to get back to the correct person. So, you know, I probably, I probably would end up with it if I couldn't find a solution. Okay. Well, that's two $20 bills. What about $600,000 worth of hundred dollar bills scattered across a highway in South Florida that clearly came out of a Brinks, security truck when the back door open would you stop your vehicle to pick up said money mind you this is a security truck that you know does pickups at different locations whether they be retail locations uh, um, you know other commercial locations it is more than likely very much insured so you know if they lose the money you know, they, you know, they're a huge company. They would still be able to insure it and, and, and regain the cash. So would you, would you stop and pull over safely and grab a few thousand dollars worth for yourself? Or would you, would you not? Cause that is, exactly, that's what happened. <laughs> that is what happened uh, at the beginning of May. Um, essentially the, the back of the door of the Brinks armored car, on Interstate 70, I think I think they said, uh, sorry, not not Florida, um, Indianapolis, um, blew a bag of cash onto the highway, and six hundred thousand dollars worth of money was just scattered everywhere. Man, that is <laughs> that's rough. There, right? Like on the one hand, one side, uh, you know, I wouldn't feel great about stealing. Never done that, and don't plan to change that. Uh, but also, like you know, you see, I I would almost like if 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 it was just scattered bills. I don't know if I'd actually stop. Uh, there was a story in Utah, actually. A while back, I think it was like a year ago by now, maybe more, um, where a it was same kind of thing. Brinks bag fell out of the car. It didn't explode though. It didn't just you know fly everywhere. Uh, it stayed all together. And this guy pulled over and found the bag, and then returned it to oh. the company. Yeah. And it was like I think it was like thirty thousand dollars in the bag. Um. I'm, I would be tempted to do the same thing. Uh, for one, they gave him... Uh, what did they give him? Like $6,000 as like a thank you of, you know, 
for not taking off with all of their money, which he could have totally done. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, getting the reward. That's not what I'm more interested in, but it would be just like a gnaw at me. I would just have that knowledge of the fact of I took that money that wasn't mine and like it wasn't someone who just like dropped it and was like, meh, I dropped a, you know, a 50 cents. I'm not really worried about it. It's, it's a substantial amount of money and whether or not it's insured, like he's still, it's still theirs, you know, I, I, I would have trouble keeping it for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I like to I, I I would like to think that I would if I were to see something like that happen say oh well that sucks um but there's there's really nothing I can you know I guess I would like to see myself being the good person that doesn't that doesn't pull over um but I think if I were actually in that predicament um I might, I might take some of the money, but then what had happened was that uh, when the law enforcement got involved, and they basically said, "Hey, if any of you had taken the money, that's that is literally stealing. So if you return the money to the local police department, uh, there will be no ramifications." So I think at that point. If I did take some money, then I would say to myself, okay, this is this is not that I necessarily believe in karma, but it's probably bad karma, and <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just return it and just kind of close that chapter. Because like you said, if I did take it and went out and bought like a new TV or with it or whatever, I would always look at that TV as the dirty TV. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, uh, this was bought with dirty money. Like quite literally, it was dirty from being on the ground and maybe gross (laughs) maybe i shouldn't maybe i shouldn't uh have have made this very sizable purchase that otherwise would be there'd be no like justifiable explanation like how did you be able to afford a four thousand dollar tv on your salary and without having the amount of uh like credit cards and and savings saved up for such a large purchase I don't know, but don't ask me what I was doing on the highway a couple of days ago. <laughs> uh, you know, it just be one of those conversations that I would hate to have. Mm-hmm. But then it would be kind of a fun story, I think. Like, because you know, sometimes when you have regrets in the moment, in the short time after, they are like that. They are regrets. But then, like, years later, it's kind of a funny story. I mean, it all depends on what the regret is. Mm-hmm. But it's it's kind of one of those, oh, this, let me tell this story to my grandkids because it would just be one of those things that make their grandfather seem cooler <laughs> or, or whatever the case might be. So, I don't know. But I don't think it's worth it in the end. No, I I really don't. It's It sounds cool at first. You know, it sounds like an easy way of getting what you want but in the end more money more problems (laughs) there you go i was uh, having a conversation with a friend of mine we're talking about you know music that we listened to as we grew up 
and we're talking about the concept of just streaming music and buying music or illegally downloading music and stuff like that. And it, it got into a conversation of with the, the worst music that you actually owned, that you actually had, you know, purchased with your hard earned money to have the physical CD or even have the digital copy of the album. And I think the most embarrassing album that I have ever purchased is either insane clown posse or kid rock. And I thought I, uh, I would ask you, um, although you're a couple of years, you know, younger than me, the idea of purchasing CDs probably is a little bit, it's, it's in your wheelhouse, but I don't know if you've, uh, if you actually had a collection like I did. So I want to ask you, what is your most like embarrassing music album that you either own, downloaded, or whatever? Hmm. I'm trying to think what I've purchased. So I'm looking through the list here of the like five things that I've purchased through iTunes. Uh, and I think the most embarrassing one would probably be the first one I ever bought, which would be Thanks for the memories by Fallout Boy. Like if that even counts. That's not embarrassing though. Uh the other one would be Eye of the Tiger. Well, you have to own that song, of course you do. How do you, how else do you expect to wake up in the morning? <laughs> by not listening to that? Come on. Yeah, I I don't know. I uh I've always either streamed my music or gotten my music through alternate means, but never really bought much music. Okay. Well, in your life of streaming, downloading, or other means of uh, getting getting any kind of tracks, is there any artist that comes to mind where at the time you're like, yeah, I want to listen to this album more than just once. And then later on, you're like, well, these guys kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I even bother? Why do I waste the time and the effort to, to get this? This is stupid. I'm so glad I didn't actually buy this or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know about embarrassing, but it definitely fits the description of like at the time I thought it was really good. And now I'm like, eh, not so much. Uh, among everything else I listened to, I uh, was also, I listened to Dragon Force. <gasps> but they're amazing still. They're good. They're just not like as much as awesome as I thought they were, I think. But Through the Fire and Flames is like my anthem. Through the Fire and Flames will always hold a place in my heart. Uh, being the fact that it just, oh, it was so good. It being the fact that it was in like Guitar Hero 3 and Rock Band and all of those music games. Like it, it definitely has a place in my heart for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I'd have to say that that would probably be the one that I would throw under the bus. I don't know. Like when I was in high school, I, I came from a school where. In England, it was a lot of like grunge and new metal, heavy metal. And then when I went to, when I came back, this uh, school in San Francisco, 
there's very few people that were into that kind of music and more people were into like hip hop and stuff. So mm-hmm. my my uh foray into hip hop was launched with things like the hieroglyphics and the roots and, and whatnot. And that was that was great and everything. But I still really liked rock. And then Mr. Uh, you know, Kid Rock comes along and he has that one song, the Ball with the Ball, the Bang, the Dang, Diggy Diggy. Remember that song? That sounds familiar. Okay. And you know who I'm referring to, Kid Rock, right? Uh, He's like kind the of. Washed up uh, rapper with a rock band with, with the really long hair. It was one of those things where it almost was the perfect marriage of rap and and uh and rock and that that also coincided with like Limbiscuit uh and if i'm not mistaken i think limp and kid rock were they've done some tours together cuz you know their music genre is very much similar but i was all into like kid rock and his music and whatnot for a good like two years and then shortly after that i would look at my huge collection of cds and open it up i had like i don't know maybe like two three thousand cds and he was right there in the case and i was like why the hell did i buy this this music is terrible <laughs> it's terrible and I think what it is is just, you know, that music at the time helped me hone my teenaged angst of, you know, just being angry at the world and whatever. Mm. And so, so yeah. And that's why today I enjoy grindcore and people screaming into the mic. And the occasional kid rock song. No! You got to see the Google Duplex thing, right? You know, I saw a video on it. Um, mm-hmm. What would? How would you describe that? A robocall that sounds like a human, with all the verbal ticks that a human makes, like um, like that, or mm-hmm, or uh, just making it almost passing the Turing test. And for people who don't know, in in layman's terms, the Turing test is when a robot communicates with a human and the human does not realize that they're talking to a robot. And this was almost that. Um, Definitely, but uh, there definitely were parts where, you know, because you knew it was a robot, you could pick out how it kind of sounds like a robot and less of mm-hmm. a normal human speaking. Yeah, it was kind but of like I didn't this uncanny valley area where like, when yes. you listen to it, you were like, there's something too perfect about their voice. Like, they, once again, they did all the ums and ahs and that kind of thing, but there's something, there's something just off about it. Just something not quite all there. Well, I think for... The initial idea of Google, Google Duplex 
is that it extends the it extends the capability of what the Google Assistant can do. Because you can call up your Google Assistant just like Cortana or just like Siri and ask it very basic questions. And you have been able to ask Google to set reminders and do certain things like add add events into your calendar, but actually going out and setting up reservations was very limited, uh, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Now, with Google Duplex, in certain states, because this won't work in all states because, you know, for example, California, uh, if you're being recorded, because you're going to have to be recorded for the Google Duplex to work, you have to be notified. So it might not even stem here and in, in, or even expand here in California. Um but it will first try to do things just through the internet, like open table, like setting up reservations. But if, if the restaurant does not have an open table account, then it will per, uh, um, proceed to call on your behalf, but you won't hear the call. So you won't know, you as the user and the owner of your account won't know if it completely screwed up or did it correctly until after the call and the reservation has been made and you'll get some sort of notification telling you this. Um, Google has stated that in the final product, it will somehow notify the person on the other line that, hey, you're now talking to Google Assistant, Google Duplex, meaning you're talking to a robot, thusly um, alleviating Google and you as the original owner from any kind of like weirdness of kind of talking to a, to a machine. But I don't know. I, I think this is the technology is amazing that they're able to essentially trick a lot of people into thinking that it is a real human, mm-hmm. but I'm just worried that it can be used for more bad than good. What do you mean by bad? Well, I mean, in the world that we live in right now, it has become very commonplace to fake things. And, you know, when we were younger and we saw things like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Ferris has his answer machine basically fake um, that his that he's home sick and you know it it makes um it makes the vice principal think that okay he is he is at home uh we always wanted that kind of kind of trickery to be able to uh trick someone into thinking that who they're talking to is is uh is either you while you're out gallivanting around the town or you can call uh or you can call somebody like a bank as somebody else to get um to transfer money without without your actual consent mm-hmm. and that's that's where it gets a little rickety because we've seen uh we've seen in the recent years that I don't know if you saw this but uh, BuzzFeed did this thing where they had um uh I forget the application's name, but I think it's called fake uh, uh, 
fake app or, or face app or something like that, where um, it was it was a video of Barack Obama speaking, and it sounded kind of like Barack Obama, but you kind of like okay, well it must be Barack Obama because because he's talking and he's moving and he's doing all these things. But then you come to find out it's actually not Barack Obama who's talking. It's this other comedian. Um, I think it's he's uh, 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 one of the comedians from uh, Key and Peele. And he, he, you know, he's making his voice sound like Barack Obama. But he tricked you long enough to almost believe that these are this, these are things that Barack would say. And so I can imagine that in this world that where if we can get computers to sound who however we want them to sound like through the um, through AI and the neural nets that we have that there could be a feasible uh you know b- breach of trust where someone calls somebody else and you think oh that's uh that's so and so and they need my help um they they need me to send them some money or whatever but it's actually not them. It's some. It's like some other hacker group or something. Just, just take uh, taking advantage of it. You know, I've seen some stuff on this with like you know how video editing is getting so crazy good that it's going to start causing problems of uh, what is real. And yeah, I think that's a real big problem. Um, I'm curious how we're going to solve that. Like if we're going to have like a. Uh, DRM based video cameras or something that like can't be edited, can't be hacked, like they're self-checking or something like that. Um, I'm very curious how this is going to be solved because yeah, it's a, it's a big problem and it's just going to, I don't want to say get worse, but a little bit. Yeah. It's going to get worse. It's just going to continue you know, the technology for video editing is just going to get worse and, you know, not worse, but like better and better and have more and more of ability of making these videos that seem perfectly real. And when you actually look into it are really not. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what ha- needs to happen then, then society needs to change with it. Right. Like, like I, I. I've said on this podcast before, if you're going to spread any kind of any kind of information, if you're going to spread any kind of uh, excuse me, any kind of news, make sure that the news you're spreading is actually real, like actually go in, do some research and make sure that you're not you're not propagating something that that was a, uh, something said as a satire parody or was, was just made up just fake news for that matter. Um, one example that I've come across is um, there was a news article that came out. I want to say about a week and a half ago where these two friends, one was a big fan of PUBG, One was a big fan of Fortnite. The guy that was a fan of Fortnite stabbed his friend that was a fan of PUBG <laughs> because he said, well, Fortnite's obviously a, a much better game and I, I can't be friends with someone who who likes PUBG. This spread through the internet so quick as real news. And one of my friends told me about this and I was like, that seems like, that seems like, like the perfect storm for news. 
that it seems fake. And when I looked it up, the first three articles were articles saying how this is a real thing. And then the next three articles were, by the way, it's fake. The initial publishing uh, website publishes these satire um, posts as as that just satire so everyone in who's been saying that this is a this is fake news or rather everyone that's been saying that this is real news you are now part of the problem and so that's why i think we have to change how how we look at at the news and how we look at video editing photo editing um or just just like you know talking to the people that we're talking to in our everyday life if i you know Clearly, if I'm calling you, if I'm calling our respective boss, I I, I feel like I'm going to be talking to you and not a human and not a and not a uh, not a machine. Mm-hmm. But maybe 20 years, 30 years from now, talking to a real person will be less commonplace than it is right now. I mean, it's already diminished right now, right? We have texting and all these other forms of communication that phone calls are right, like taking a back seat, but. Yeah, I can definitely see the point of, like, especially through text message. Like, if you were able to robo text message someone, yeah, you're you're gonna run into some major issues because um, now you're not even worried about the nuances of uh, talking. There's not a whole lot of nuance to text. It's not that hard to fake text. I mean, that already happens. I mean, if you're talking about cloning and spoofing. Uh, somebody's phone number just so you can, you know, get into a, a, a create a conversation and, you know, just to kind of start stuff or, you know, we've seen that in movies as well, too. I think it's even in a Mission Impossible movie where they, they clone a cell phone to text somebody to, to get the bad guy uh, out of hiding. So that, that's not far from reality, I would say. But. I think as we move forward, just in technology together, just like we've done in the past, you know, in the past, the idea of having a horseless uh, carriage, a.k.a. a car, was maddening to people because, you know, you could kill people at a much higher speed than than the horse could ever go. And, you know, if, if we put a stop to that back then, we might not have the cars and the other uh, transportation means that we have today. Yeah, wasn't it, if I remember correctly, back like when that was happening, is they had a, if you wanted to drive your car, you had to per- have a person walk in front of the car with a bell to make everyone aware that you were driving a car. Right. I mean, it's not like the car was loud enough as it was weren't they a lot of them steam steam powered anyways <laughs> definitely loud enough like to i think let it's pretty obvious <laughs> yeah but my, my my point with that is you know we evolved with that technology right and it took it took years but we we definitely you know we evolved and we got to uh we got to where we're at today so um and it's the the biggest thing that i would say that is that we have to traverse uh no pun intended is the uncanny valley and we have to somehow get over that to which if you are talking to a computer and hopefully they very clearly state hi this is a computer now let's get on with the conversation so we can get done what needs to get done 
it'll we won't have that uncanny valley thing where you feel weird talking to the computer you'll just feel like you're talking to somebody um as if that is the person's actual assistant you know um so i don't know what exactly that we have to do for that but i mean just like how our uh, younger generations now the concept of the computer being a phone and not like this giant thing on on your on your desk is more commonplace so for them it, it, it's going to be a little bit easier and probably uh you know just just kind of normal for them so it, it's really just gonna be the the weird the weird stuff is um we're gonna have to deal with because we're not used to it it's gonna be interesting i don't know if you know, it'd be better to tell someone that they're talking to a robot or not. Uh, on the one hand, you know, obviously being honest, being telling them, hey, this isn't a human. This You should not think of this as a human, but uh, you should know that this is a robot and that you're talking to a robot and everything's just going to go very smoothly. I can see that point, but also I can see the point of, like, if I was in that position... And I wasn't the greatest person in the world. Maybe I'd want to mess with the robot and try to figure out how I can mess up the robot. Like, yeah, of course I can get you those five horses. I'm trying to call for a for a reservation. No, no, I can get you. Um, yeah, I can get you the five horses ordered in right away. Like, I can see how people would want to mess with the robot, being that it they know it's not human. Yeah, I mean, if if we're if we're being honest, like the the way that like some robocalls work now, or I mean, there there's always going to be that, right? No matter what, whether it's a real person or a fake person, there's always going to be someone that wants to mess with the with the other party on the line just to incite some sort of reaction. And what I can say is, in in the situation with Google Duplex, if a machine had called you and you said, yes, I would get those five horses with the car. The machine will say, okay, this is not what I wanted at all. And it will actually transfer to a live human. So you then will actually eventually have to talk to a live human that works for Google uh, on, on the Google assistance behalf and say, okay, it, it, it sounds like you were kind of screwing around with us with the five horses, we want to make a reservation for five. Can you please do that? Like, okay, sorry, my bad. Okay, thank you. And then that'll be the end of it. So, um, yeah, it's it's it. Uh, I mean, this this stuff is getting. It's becoming more real, sooner than I thought. If if I'm being completely honest. Um. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting to see how the general populace takes advantage of it or, you know, tries to run away from it. So has Google already said that they want to implement the uh, the thing where it tells the person yes, that they're they talking to a robot? That. They didn't say it on stage, which was the weird thing, which is a number of us analysts are wondering, like, maybe they didn't say it on stage because they didn't think that they had to. And the only reason why they're saying it now is because it's like an afterthought. Like, oh, oh, yeah, of course we'll uh, have some sort of notification that they're talking to a robot. Of course, we will be completely transparent about that. 
And then like when the when the microphones turn off, like they're like, oh god, we totally forgot about that, <laughs> crap. So they have to they have to figure it out. I don't know if it would be something at the beginning of the call or something at the end of the call. I feel like at the end of the call would be better. I feel like there would be too many people that well, would not want to talk if, to the robot. Like straight up would be like, you know, give me a human. Like the especially if they added an option like, hey, this is a robot to speak to a human. Press zero. Like I I I would think they a ridiculous amount of people if that was given to them would immediately hit that option to talk to a person even if they that person on the other line was just calling for a reservation to that restaurant and the conversation was only going to be a minute long i feel like people would still do the exact same thing of like no don't want to talk to this robot want to talk to a person you want to uh uh, reservation you're going to talk to me whether it's a person who works for google or yourself you're going to talk yeah, to we'll me see how it goes because you know like when you call into customer service like for at&t or verizon before it was press one for billing press two for blah 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 and plus three um and now there are there are ways that you know you just the you call up the company like like um xfinity or something like that and they say tell us why you're calling and you you briefly say in plain english i have no internet connection and it takes a few seconds and then it says it sounds like you have no internet connection is that correct yes so at that point you are talking to a robot you know you're talking to a robot these are pre-designated sentences but you know it's a robot and it's just as aggravating as just pressing the buttons right because the when it gets it right, wrong, especially when it gets when it wrong. Like, no, I said billing, not you know financing or or not you know, you know suspending my account. I didn't say any of that. I said billing, or even worse if you have like a really thick accent. Um, that's probably even worse for for those individuals because talking to a robot is already causing rift um, with with a lot of people right now. Yeah, I I worry about telling people that it's a robot, especially like after listening to it, it seems so fluid because most of the time those conversations for, you know, reservations, that kind of thing, don't, they're not exactly like, they're not deep conversations, right? You're not having crazy conversations with this person. It's going to be, you know, what time, okay, 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 and that's the end of it. Well, just like we say on every show... I guess we'll have to wait and see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that was awesome. As always, Quentin, it is great to talk to you. And uh, for those who are listening, uh, both Quinn and I apologize for not having anything for the past two weeks. Life happened and timing just didn't happen in our favor. But thanks for sticking with us. Uh, How can people follow you, Quentin? As always, on Twitter and Xbox at Firewall. You can follow me on Twitter at LazyTechTony. All my other links on YouTube and Instagram will be found in the podcast description. You can follow both of us on on Twitter at the uh, at Still Recording. And if you uh, do us a big favor, if you have this on iTunes, give us a review. It really does help us out. And that's it for now. And we'll see you in the next one, guys. Bye bye. Bye guys.